Hey, this is Ed Luther, pastor of City Church in Australia. I hope that today's podcast really inspires you. Thank you so much for listening. If you haven't heard, we are in the series of Uncharted. We're actually in week six of Uncharted. Who has been here for all six weeks? If you're awesome, love it. If your hand wasn't up or you're watching online and you haven't listened back to all the messages, I give you full permission to be as antisocial as you need this week to catch up on all of them. <laughs> because we all know we're living in uncharted times, aren't we? We don't know what's going to pop on the news tomorrow or next week. And maybe even in your own personal life, your next step is uncharted. You know, these messages, they've been equipping us with new godly strategies to help us not just survive. I feel like the world's just telling us, just survive 20. Well, yay, we survived 2020 and 2021. We'll just, we just got to survive that. No, these messages are equipping us so we don't have to just survive, but we get to thrive through it. You know, we've had some amazing preachers in this series of Uncharted. One, of course, being our senior pastor, Pastor Ed. And just the other week was my best friend, my husband, Cody. He was amazing. He preached on becoming like children. And if you didn't know, we're parents of two. We've got little Henry, who's two and a half, and Heidi, who's one and a half. I've got some images on the screen of our little boy, a little tree-loving boy. And uh, we've got some more here. I couldn't pick. I'm a mum. I can't pick just one. I don't know how Cody was managed to pick just one slide. And then our little girl, Heidi. And yeah, she's, she's not as dainty as we would have thought. She came out with rolls. And even this morning, mums, I don't know how you do it. I tried to get a little elastic thing in her hair. She cried the whole way to church. So I was like, all right, look like a boy. I don't care. <laughs> and if you, were, if you heard Cody's message as well, you would have heard some stories about them. And I honestly think, babe, we have to hide all evidence of this week and last week if we ever want our teenagers to talk to us again, all right? You know, Cody and I, we've been married for six years this year. And yeah, awesome. But when I was married at 19, I, I wasn't the ideal wife. Don't, don't get me wrong, I loved it. I was very kind to him, don't go, oh. And <laughs> but when it came to wifely duties and cleaning and housework and cooking, I was terrible, let's just put it out there. I poisoned us in the first 12 months four times. Uh, my mum did our ironing for the first 24 months until I said, no more crinkly clothes, we're just gonna wear it off the hanger. That's, that's just all you can get. I'm sorry if you expected more from me, Cody. And before every house inspection, I had to, I had to rope my mum in to come and help do a spring clean just to make sure we passed the inspection. So if you haven't guessed by now, I'm not that good at cleaning. Um, but I did realize eventually that it is a requirement, it is necessary when you become a mum, when you become a wife to have that skill. Now I'm just gonna quickly talk to the future wives and the future husbands. Brush up on the skills now. Your future spouse will thank you when you don't poison them in the first year. And when it came to cleaning, you know, I didn't really know that you could be you could be enthusiastic about certain aspects. Uh, for example, hanging clothes. Has anyone got a passion? 
for hanging clothes. Oh, Cody, your hand better be up, mate. I've got a story here to tell you. I didn't realise this was a thing until we, until we married Cody, really. You know, when I was a kid, uh, I had this very neat pile of clean but tried on clothes shoved in the closet. Yes, there were more clothes in the pile than there were on the hanger, but I digress. And then when I became a wife, that lovely clean pile of clothes began to spill and spawn around our bedroom. See, when it came to Cody, when it comes to his closet and his clothes, they're not only in order from, you know, winter jackets to sweaters to button-up jackets to then nice button-up tees then day-to-day clothes, there's not one empty hanger in that lot. They're actually all pushed in their designated section to the right, but the cherry on top, they all face the same way. (laughs) They know now. (laughs) Six years and I'm still trying to figure out which way that darn coat hanger goes. (laughs) They say opposites attract when North and South Pole when it comes to hanging clothes. You know, and don't get me wrong, it's not a bad quality. You know, every once or twice a year, we, we try and change it, we do it. It looks awesome for the first two weeks. And then eventually, little piles of clean yet tried on clothes start to grow around the room. So if you haven't figured it out, I'm not that good at cleaning. But my mum, my mum, she is a cleaning pro. It definitely skipped a generation with me. I honestly think that I could bury her with her spray and wipe. Is it, does anyone have a mum like that? Or is, is anyone like that? Awesome. Great. No one. <laughs> you know, she always had the answer, the product or solution. She, I've never heard her say, Michaela, throw it out. It's a goner. She always had a solution. You know, she was the answer to many a frantic phone call. And many times she would come, arrive at my front door, with a box of magical things to help me with my next bizarre spill. So even though I I wasn't a good cleaner, I desperately wanted to be a better wife and to learn how to keep my home better. And in turn, my mum helped me. So in my uncharted territory of cleaning, my mum provided me with a never-ending supply closet of, of cleaning products at my disposal. She made sure I could face any stain, spill or mess with everything that I needed. Now maybe in your life, uh, you're facing the uncharted. You're not quite sure, maybe it's not cleaning, but you're just not quite sure where that next step is going to be. You desperately want that someone to be able to come to and you can talk to them maybe about your marriage or, or about your business or your relationship. You want that someone to take away that anxiety and and that fear of the unknown. You want that someone to give you the tools to navigate. You know, deep down, most of us know that God can be this person, right? But today, we're going to recognise him as this person. So we're going to read from chapter 2 Corinthians, uh, sorry, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6 to 8. And it says, remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Ready? Catch this. 
And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. This morning in week six of Uncharted, I want to talk to you today about God's supply closet. You know, going into the Uncharted doesn't mean you're unprepared. Give him what you have and he will give you the rest. God has the ability to give you everything you need, not just to survive, but to thrive. God's supply closet. Now, what if you had everything you needed whenever you needed it? That'd be a pretty good reality, wouldn't it? What if all that we needed to have everything, what if God only asked of us to give him whatever we had on hand? No matter how small, no matter how insignificant we think it may be, no matter how irrelevant, God wants you just as you are, no matter how broken or how whole you are, he wants it all and that's all he wants. God can and will use the most insignificant, I use in quotations, insignificant parts of us in the most unusual way. I have a story coming up about how God did that in my life. How many dreams and ideas would come back to life if we lived thinking this? So God gave me this idea of, of how his supply closet works. And if you don't know, I, I have been a full-time working mum of my whole motherhood experience, except for a few months here and there. And so I would drop the kids off, I'd wake them up early, I'd drop them off at daycare, I'd do my whole day of work, and then I'd come home for a few hours, tidy up, do what I needed, and then they would come back. There is nothing wrong with that. It, it did its job for its season. We're able to get to the place we are now because we knuckled under and we worked hard. But where the issue was is that I didn't see it for a season, I saw it for life. And who knows that you have to be ready for a season change. The idea of, and I'll tell you how God transformed me, I thought the idea of spending every waking moment, day in and day out with the same two little people, in, not in a goal-orientated environment, not being able to have those, those conversations with adults, it, it killed me. I don't, maybe I'm the only one, but I, I literally, I'd start to hyperventilate at the thought of, of staying at home with them all day, every day. My closest friends, they knew this. They knew how I was thinking and they were worried for me. And we all knew I was not equipped to do that. But you know, I, had, I knew I had no skill, but I knew this was my time. I knew that God had called me to this, so what I did was I put everything that I had in that moment, all my fears, all my doubts, that very, very fleeting dream of being at home with them, and I handed in my resignation, and I said, God, you've got four months to do something with this. Otherwise, I'm, I don't know what I'm going to do. And he did. Over the months, I became more patient. I began to genuinely dream about being at home with them. I thought up recipes and activities. God even blocked my ears to their whinging. Hallelujah. <laughs> I cleaned the house in preparation. You know, I was counting down the days to being at home with them. I no longer cared how many days I had of freedom, but I wanted them to join me at home. I couldn't recognize myself. 
I still can't. I, I feel like I'm a completely different person. And I give every slither of that transformation, I give every slither of glory to God because that is a God-made thing. That is not a man-made thing. So I took, he took what I had along with my faith and he gave me the tools what I needed to thrive in my uncharted. I realized that once I gave him what I already had on me, I had free 24-7 access to God's supply closet. Maybe that's you today. Maybe you're, you're a person who's dreaming of becoming this, this idol, this dream of someone who can, who can be more patient with their spouse, who can, who can forget arguments more quickly, who can see other people's perspectives or think the best of people rather than thinking the worst straight up. Maybe you want to be that person who can budget well and budget wisely. Well, I'm, I'm still, and I think Cody's still believing that God will give me better sense of map directions, but we'll just see that's a bit of a hard, hard one for God. You know, imagine always being prepared for every uncharted scenario. There'd be no work meeting, no project, no doctor's appointment, no sickness, no loneliness, no commitment issues. There would be no, um, no marriage trial or dry patch, not a one leaving you unprepared. So this morning, very quickly, I'm going to give you three simple reminders about God's supply closet. So if you're taking notes, point one, remember it's there. Have you ever been so stressed, so overwhelmed, so worried, so caught up with what needs to be done, you've forgotten the help available to you? I wish I could say I got this point down, Pat, but this happens at least two or four two or three, four, six times a week. I get into a flurry of chores, of housework, and I, I just start running. I just go from point to point to point, not really getting anything done, but telling the kids, get out of the way. I'm the only one who's cleaning. Can't you see how loudly I'm cleaning, Cody? Get off the couch. <laughs> I forget that more people are actually willing to help. And that's all God wants us to do. He wants to come to him. He wants, to give, uh, he wants us to give him what we have so he can help us bring those dreams to life. Maybe it's a clean home. Maybe it's a well-oiled business that you're dreaming of. We don't have to run around loudly, point to point. We need to remember that God is there and God is willing. We read it in, uh, we read it in verse 8 and it says, and God is able to bless you abundantly. How good does that sound? So that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. Now we have to, this awesome, but we have to remember the verse before it where it says we have to give what in our hearts, uh, what our hearts determine to give. You know, when it comes to giving, I'm not just talking about finances. I'm talking about your praise, your thankfulness, words of encouragement. If you want random acts of kindness done to you, do random acts of kindness for someone else. Because it, it says in verse 7, each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Why would my mum buy me expensive cleaning products? Probably so I would become more like her, that I would take up that passion of cleaning. Praise the Lord, it happened. <laughs> so 
So why, God, why would God give very flawed people access to all of his gifts? I would have thought that he would have saved his best for the best of the best. But that's, that's not how it works. Because simple answer is God wants us, all of us, to become more like him. He wants us in the, uh, in the uncharted to be prepared and equipped so we can glorify him in the unknown. Uh, so to benefit from God's supply closet, we have to remember it's there. Point two, remember the tools. It's one thing to ask for help, but it's certainly another thing to actually do it. In the context of this message, it's one thing to ask God to open up his supply closet for us, but it's another thing to actually pick up the tools and start using them. For example, have you ever given advice to someone or someone's come to you needing help, they need guidance, and you, you give them your time, you give them uh, your, your advice, sometimes you give them their money, and, and you just see it fall to the ground. You see the money go down the drain, you see the advice go one in ear and through the other. How frustrating is that? I've got another story. Uh, pretty much this entire message was was formed out of one bad morning that I had. So as soon as my feet hit that floor, man, Cody, the kids, the cat, they were all in for it. No one was safe. I walked around and I'm, I'm looking. I'm looking for things that, that is just not right. I, I walk into the living room and I see the toys still on the floor. I see food. Oh, great, there's more food on the floor. Oh, good, dishes didn't get done. Oh, wonderful, another water ring stain on the coffee table. Lovely. And I, I start stomping. Any other stompers? I think I'm a stomper. Come on, put your hand up, ladies. I mean, thank you. <laughs> and I'm stomping, and this is, this is my journal time. And God, I, I need this alone time. I am a victim in a war zone here. I just, I need this time. And I angrily open my pen, and I'm writing. And I say, God, what is going on? What is, what is happening? The, the devil, it must be some sort of spiritual attack or something. It is, I'm just, oh, it's not a good day. What's going on? God, help me. And he said, and I quote, you left your patience in bed. Go get it. Wow. That was the moment. I realized that so many mornings, that morning and so many others, I had been walking about my day, marching about, completely unequipped, not ready to face the uncharted day. So what happens when we leave our patients in bed or in the car after school drop-off or we leave our joy with a friend after a coffee that just went on and on? What happens when we leave our faithfulness when a door in front of us of opportunity closes? What happens when we, when we throw away our, our kindness when just one person wasn't kind to us? I don't know about you, maybe if you're watching today, maybe you, you can join me in thinking this. I think, well, uh, the day's a write-off. I may as well not even continue at full steam. I've already failed. I've lost my tools. I don't, I don't know where they've gone. That's not how God's supply closet works. It is not a ticket a day Grab what you can before it closes. It's never ending. I'm, I'm sure 
God has designated a quarter of his angels in heaven to run around the place picking up all of my tools during the week. And another thing that God placed on my heart was I can't play the blame game anymore. It's not my child's fault that I've left my tools somewhere. It's not my boss's fault. It's not my employment or unemployment's fault. It's not my church's fault that I've left my tools. It's not my injury or my bills. It's not my circumstances or commitments. It's not the state of my house, preaching to myself here. It's not my husband's fault or my hormones fault. When we do forget our tools, which we are human, it's bound to happen. All we have to do in that moment, you don't have to wait till the next day. All you have to do is say, God, I'm sorry I started my day unprepared and unequipped. I'm coming back to gather my things. Help me restart and restock my day and make it right again. It is still a good day. We need to remember to bring the tools wherever we go so we can be prepared for any uncharted moment. So to benefit from God's supply closet, we have to remember it's there and to use the tools inside. My final point is remember who supplies it. I don't know about you, confession time, but when I see the word free or giveaway, I tend to get a little short-sighted. When I see a friend on Instagram post their entry about uh, uh, to try and win this clothing voucher to a clothing shop I've never heard of, I don't even, not, I don't even like their clothes, I'll never buy from them again, but it's a chance to get something free? $250? What could I do with that? So you'd think I'd graciously scroll by. No, no, no. I will like, I will follow, I will comment, I will tag every single person I know just to get a chance to get something free. Kind of like a vulture. But <laughs> So each morning I have to try and, and make sure that when I'm coming to God's closet, I'm coming to him I'm coming to the one who supplies it. That I'm not just coming each morning for a quick grab and run, that I want to know God and I want to see God before I see his supplies. This probably should have been my first point, but this is definitely the most powerful. This is the one I wanted you to take away today. Because in this transaction of blessings, when we give God what we have and all that we have, and he gives us everything we need in return, we need to remember it's God who restocks and restores. Seek God, not his supplies. You know, I try and make it a, a morning habit to thank him for the day before. Thank him for the entire day. I try and hone in on the really, the really tough moments, you know. And this is a strategy I learned um, a while ago. So, um, for example, just the other week, I would say, God, I thank you for the day where my children got no sleep. I was able to recognize I can survive a day like that. And I've been able to lean on you in ways I've never had before. God, I thank you for letting me experience being late yesterday because I know the importance of being prepared. God, I thank you for letting me experience that awkward conversation with, with that person so I was reminded how powerful and how hurtful my, my words can be through the chain of gossip. Father, thank you for letting me experience this sense of loneliness 
so that I know that even though people walk in and out of my life, God, you will never leave me. And then I thank him for the day I'm about to walk into. I don't know what I'm going to face. I don't know how many tools I'm going to drop. I'm human, I will. But I know that then I've just prepared my spirit and my day to make sure that God comes first. If I could get the band up, that would be amazing. If you give to God during your uncharted, and I know, I know how hard that can be because when we walk in the darkness, what do we do? We cling on to the things we've got. We just hold on that little bit tighter because that's our security. That's the usual response. But God, he doesn't work in usual ways. He asks us to let go in the uncharted, in the darkness, and give it all to him. And then he, in return, will give us all that we need in the uncharted. If you give to God in your hardest moment, he will give you your supply closet. And again, I'm, I'm not just talking finances, but I'm not excluding that either. You've got praise, you've got thankfulness, you've got a mouth, you've got a mind, you've got your hands, you've got your heart, and you've got your feet. God wants all of you as you are. You don't have to become anything different. And what I love the most about my God is that to have access to this supply closet, you don't have to be the four-year Christian, the four-year committed Christian. You don't have to be the one who journals every morning. You don't have to be the one who prays for two hours a day. You don't need a, a platinum um, a platinum access, a platinum level to access God's gifts for you. You can meet Him in this very moment, right now, for the first time. And in five minutes, you can be coming to Him and asking for His tools so you can thrive through the uncharted. All we need to do is hand over what we have. And if you want to make that decision today, if you want to, if you want to join us and meet this one who, who has the answer to everything, who has this supply closet with your name written on it just for you. If you want to meet him and you want to start that journey, I will be honoured. And I know our family here will be honoured to say this prayer with you. What we're about to do is we're just going to say a prayer after me. We're going to believe in our hearts that Jesus is Lord and we're going to confess it with our mouths. So, Father, I thank you that you are the answer. You are the creator. You are the supplier of every need. Father, I believe in you. I want this day to mark as the first day I'm coming to you. I love you and help me glorify you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we give a clap for those who have said that for the first time? If you said that for the first time I and you're physically here in the building, I would love to come and, and speak with you after. But if you're one of, one of the ones online or through a screen, 
please contact, uh, reach out to one of our team through our website or through our Facebook page. We would love to connect you with a physical wall. If you're not close by, we'll connect you with uh, another church as well. So this is my favourite part. I get to send you off with a key. Well, not really a key because the closet's always open. But you get a moment right now to make the decision that from here on out, the rest of the week, you get to have access to God's supply closet. We don't have to play the blame game anymore. This is all on us. And what an exciting thing. We have all that we need in the uncharted. So church, I want to thank you so much for having me this morning. It has been such an honor to share what God has had on my heart for so many months. So I, I wish you all the best and have a blessed week. We'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to the City Church Podcast. If you enjoyed this message or God worked through you in any way, then please take a moment to contact us through our website at city-church.net or email us your feedback at info at city-church.net.